<gasps> what? I'm going to know all your secrets. I'm going to post them online. And you're just going to get doxxed pretty much. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I mean, at this point, I don't really have any enemies. So I think that's... Bullshit. Everyone has enemies. Yeah, but any enemies that I have, realistically, probably know where I live. Like, I'm not, I don't have enemies so far reaching that it would be anyone that doesn't personally know who I am. Unless, I mean, I mean, I guess, I'm, I guess I could and not know it, but then exactly. that would be weird. Uh, Mess Age Anon, I'm just saying, there's no way he likes us. He doesn't like you. Okay, he doesn't like our Twitter, and while I may be in control of that, he doesn't like us collectively. Listen, Mess Age, like, we're cool, okay? Hello and welcome to Active Listeners with Mike and Shane. Each week we interview guests about their goals and expectations as artists, their artistic expression, and the all-around nature of the artist's lifestyle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there a de facto artist lifestyle? Well, that's one of the things we try to uncover. Performers, visual artists, and musicians, Mike and I would like to talk to you about what you do, why you do it, and what that art means for your community. Please follow Active Listeners on Facebook or the Twitter and join in on the conversation. Peace. Welcome to Active Listeners Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Shane. And this is our 31st episode and our first episode back from our little summer siesta. We did take a little a little nap there, didn't we? We were asleep for the entire two weeks. So it felt so good. Yeah, I think I've got bed sores. <laughs> and a funny tan line. <laughs> and a funny tan line. Because I believe that's what we are talking about today. Let me put my phone down. A funny and actually tan line? no. That, where where would I have learned about your funny tan line? You were there when I got my funny tan no, line. on TikTok, Mike. Like, you are <laughs> making this very difficult. I My sole purpose in life is to make things difficult for you, I think. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I've misread the tea leaves a little bit, but that's what I'm going with. I've known you long enough to know that you don't believe in that shit. I mean, sure. The day you start reading tea leaves... Nothing changes, actually. Yeah, nothing Nothing will change. It'll just be a very small change within everything. I'm not important. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You are important. You have over 30 followers. You have, like... <laughs> on, my, on, my, on my TikTok. Almost 200 likes. Like, you're rocking and rolling. Oh, okay. All right. Look, I pay attention. As your manager, I got to keep this shit in line. I see. I see. I see. Anyway, hello, listeners. How has your time away been? As you can see, Shane and I are monumentally distracted. And that's okay, because it's just that's just our truth right now. It's fine. We also don't have a super hard focus for our beginning of the episode, because we had to do a little switcheroo. We had to record afternoon an afternoon interview today. We did. We did. We recorded our interview with a friend of mine and actor, TikToker, father, husband, David Quinones, uh Jr. And every time I say his name, I say it a little bit different. I noticed that. I said it differently <laughs> in one thing, and then you said it differently, and you just said it differently again. I'm, so. pretty, I'm pretty sure it's Quinones. That's how he, that's how he introduced himself. I'm pretty I sure. mean, he probably knows how to say his own name. I, I would imagine. But David is a very talented actor. And we had a really good time speaking with him about his burgeoning career 
as an actor, his burgeoning TikTok following. And I don't think I can work the word burgeoning into any other way to describe him. So I won't. I won't shoehorn that one. What am I supposed to say to that? How am I supposed <laughs> to continue that conversation? <laughs> uh, he was an absolute delight. I had not met him. I did get to scan through his TikToks and I would like to get to know him outside of TikTok and outside of our interview because he seemed like a really cool individual. And I also liked that he was an actor, which is, you know, a creative source that we have on this show often. But he is someone that only started performing, what was it, four years ago? Yeah, late late in his life, yeah. He's new to this career, so it was interesting to have that conversation with him about someone who did not do this through high school and, you know, early college and late college and into their mid thirties. He has a very youthful experience with it. He has this sort of glow about when he talks about theater that uh, kind of made me remember how much I used to love theater and it it brought some joy back to me just seeing how much he enjoyed it. <laughs> how much you used to love theater you don't you don't love it so much anymore I mean it, you know you just do something for long enough yeah that's true I mean you it, it, anything after a while can lose its allure right but yeah it, we had a really good conversation and yes to that end both Shane and myself if you don't get enough of our shenanigans uh weekly and you'd like to take a glimpse into our brains on another platform uh you can now do that on tiktok because we went ahead and just became real real simple real basic <laughs> and now we have tiktoks <laughs> i mean i haven't even posted a tiktok yet i'm trying to decide what my perfect first tiktok is gonna be because sure, that sure. is what's gonna launch you also anyone who is listening to this podcast and wants more of our shenanigans What's wrong with you? Even I can't put up with me all the time. <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, the goal, right, is to is to make it so like people enjoy hearing us talk about things and come back and listen to the dulcet tones of Shane and Mike sharing what they think they know about art. <laughs> with a little self-deprecation in there, just a little spice. I mean, we can't we can't go getting, you know, too big in the head. We got we to gotta keep ourselves in line here. All right. I'll keep you in line. You keep me in line. And we'll kind of meet in the middle somewhere. In the middle. There's a, I don't know. I've lost the analogy. I don't know where we are anymore. Uh, <laughs> how long have we been recording? Is <laughs> Most uh, unfocused intro I think we have ever done ever. It's okay. It's okay. I think I, think I blame uh, society. No, I blame... <laughs> <laughs> no i'm good with the society me, let's go being with part of the me generation and needing to always be center of attention that's what i'm blaming i don't know i don't know what you think but yeah i mean how can i change the world while being the center of attention it's the age-old adage right there age age old oh lordy lordy okay i think we've babbled for i quite think we've babbled long for enough. quite long enough as as you can tell it's been been an interesting couple weeks good spirits quite frankly to be serious about things yeah yeah to be serious we we weren't sleeping the whole time we were actually working really hard um the company <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and our shows and getting things ready for this upcoming half of this season thanks for clearing that up mike <laughs> 
and uh, we do have a yeah, lot of fun we're actually stuff really excited we're really excited to be doing this again and yeah bringing bringing you some fresh some fresh new stuff so a little bit of sneak peek for those of you who are not on our patreon and you're not getting our little sneak peek episodes we have a couple of fun things coming up we have a writer coming on board that's going to i think have you and i do a little bit of a cold read so anyone who is interested in hearing mike and i act a little bit that's going to be on the hopper soon and we're also going to record a two-part D episode we have a good friend who is going to dungeon master a single session between mike myself and one of our friends one of our mutual friends victoria benkowski so keep an ear out for all of that coming your way and a lot lot more we're going to speak to a bunch of different artists and performers and we're gonna go ahead and have some fun so stay tuned and same as always if you'd like to help out the show or get access to some fun things early and some extra content you all you know you can always head to our patreon www.patreon.com slash active listeners pod and become a patron or you can just stay tuned and hear when everyone else hears and with that we're going to go into our interview with Dave Quinones Jr. I probably butchered that, but that's okay. He's coming up next, and he's going to set us straight. All right, we'd like to welcome our guest, David Quinones. How are you doing, my friend? Good, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. I'm fantastic. David is an actor, a TikToker, a father, a husband, and so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk to ta- to David a little bit about uh, his work. So yeah, David, take it away. Uh, just introduce yourself to the audience, uh, share your pronouns if you would, and give us a little fun fact about you. Uh, hello, uh, I am David Quinones. Pronouns would be he, him. I don't know. I'm married for now 13 years. I have three kids. They keep me busy. And uh, <laughs> when I'm not, you know, with them, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do some kind of acting in some capacity just because it's, you know, it's an outlet. So it's nice. And they're very much supportive of it. And that's nice. Yeah. Well, I haven't met you other than your electronic presence on TikTok. So uh, that's what I want to dive right into, because apparently that's just what the world is absorbed with these days. And, you know, looking at the numbers of the views on your videos and the likes on your videos, and I scrolled back a ways and I watched your, you know, you made a, was it a hundred thousand follower video? Yeah. And uh, you talk about acting. And I always think I've done shows for so many less people than that. (laughs) You know, I, I, (laughs) Uh, I started doing the whole TikToking thing just because my son was into it. I originally thought it was really stupid. I was like, this is dumb. Didn't we all, though? There's, there's YouTube. Like Vine tried it for a little bit, and then that failed. That was, you know, it, it was successful, and then it failed. So I was like, TikTok is just Vine part two. <laughs> my son was like, no, Dad, it's so great. You got to try it. And so I started watching it, and it became incredibly addictive just to watch the videos. And uh, eventually I was like, you know what? These people do very simple videos. Let me try. 
And then I got addicted to doing that. And there were moments where I had to just delete the app. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> and then the next day, like re-download, like, I need it. I need the TikTok. Just you got any more of that TikTok lying around? I just started scratching my neck. I need the TikTok. I even went back and watched your Hamilton video and I was like, damn, all right, get it. Oh, that's just I just love Hamilton. I can't. <laughs> oh, we we uh we can't be friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. David, David and I are actually uh, just becoming acquainted with each other. We're working on a project together right now. And um, it's been great. Like, uh, it's, it's really cool. It's been a long time, you know, with COVID and all that before any of us were on a stage. Like you, or, uh, I did a lot of um, Zoom stuff. And I, that's when I kind of started becoming familiar with you is just kind of popping in on these Zoom performances and, and these different things. So how long have you been, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been acting? Four years now. Okay. It was something I wanted to do growing up, but I didn't even know that doing like local theater was an option. Honestly, I had, I had no idea. I thought it was going to be like the same process of like trying to get into Hollywood. Like, oh, I need an agent. I need a manager. I need to do all these things. I need connections. Ah. And so it was, I was intimidated by it. And a friend of mine who I, I met because I was working at Hollywood Video, uh, she was a customer. I watched that TikTok too. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, on Facebook, she posted that they needed an actor for uh, Wait Until Dark at Schenectady Civic. And I was like, well, you know, I've never done it, but, you know, if I'd be more than willing to try, because why not? And it was from that, I, I, I went and I auditioned. Truthfully, I, w- I actually sat in the parking lot trying to convince myself to leave because I was terrified. I was having, I'm like sitting in the park. I'm like, yo, this, I can't do this. These people are going to mock me. They're going to think I'm ridiculous for even trying. And I almost drove off. And the only reason I stayed was because she had messaged, are you sure you're going to come? Because I'm going to give you a good word to the director. And I found out afterwards she was dating the director. But (laughs) I was like, okay, I have to go because I don't want her to look foolish. So then I went and luckily, thankfully, got cast. And, and since then, just got hooked. Just got hooked. I was like, I, I have to be on stage. This is so much fun. It was such a, it's such a, an outlet that I need, needed and didn't really know I needed until I started doing it. I was like, this is great. Yeah, acting is definitely one of those things that gives you an almost instant catharsis. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like you started later in your life. How, how old are you these days? I'm 36. And you started acting four years ago? Yeah. So what'd you do before that? I just worked. I, I had my... <laughs> Part of the machine. Yeah. I was doing what I had to do in life. I was uh, managing... Um, what was it? Where was I? Hollywood. No, not Hollywood. Hollywood had closed by then. So I was managing Olympia Sports. I was a manager there. I mean, every once in a while, I would create like some YouTube video with my kids. Uh-huh. Just for the fun of it, just just for us, not really for anyone else. But yeah, nothing nothing more than that. I always wanted to take like acting classes or uh, go to school for film. At the time, my wife and I had made this arrangement where I was going to work while she went to school. So she would go to school and stay home with the kids, and I would just I was just working freaking 70, 80 hours a week or whatever I needed to in order to to take care, take care of us. And so I never got to, to go back to school. Real, realistically, and then I got to that, to that age where I was like, 
if I'm going to go to school, it would have to be for something because of my family where I can make money today. But there was nothing else that I wanted to do other than acting that I was willing to go to school for. It was like, there's nothing else I love. If I don't love it, I have a hard time retaining it. Same. Yeah. Ran into that wall. I love I love hearing everybody's uh, I love hearing uh, people's like how they started stories. Because it's always like, you know, oh, I did this thing and I didn't think I was going to like it. And then I did it and it was amazing and I had to do it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, that vibe of sitting in a parking lot and almost convincing yourself not to do the thing that you want to do and you want to love to do. That's a real feel. That's a mood. <laughs> real. It was terrifying. And it took me a while uh, after that even to uh, to go to auditions and feel comfortable with it because auditioning is scary oh, when you yeah. go to audition for anything it's it's terrifying because you feel vulnerable you're not sure of the material obviously because you don't really know the material yet and then also you have that whole competitiveness it's like oh there's gonna be all these other people equally or better than me in every possible way or they look better or they're funnier or whatever the case may be so then you just go in and you just get in your own head and it's absolutely ridiculous but you just can't help but do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you, when you were you were talking about you, you know, you, your wife was in school, and and so you were working uh, primarily retail. Sounds like. Yeah. Was there a point when you know when you were working and you know on your grind or whatever, where did you even, did you ever think that this was like an option, like to? beyond just a few YouTube videos, you know, kind of putting yourself out there in a way that so many different people would be able to be exposed to you? Honestly, I had, I had a hope, I, you know, like this young kid's hope that I, that I held on to for, for years. And I remember five years ago, so a year before I finally got into it, I literally was standing in front of the mirror. I looked at myself and said, it's never going to happen. Ooh. Give it up. You're never going to do this. Let it go and just focus on trying to uh, get your, yourself and your family out of this hole because we were in a financial in a financial hole. So it was like, just focus on that. That's it. This is your life now. <laughs> there is nothing yeah. else. When a year later, when I took that chance, um, I remember my wife was more excited than I was. Like, I got cast. I was like, oh, cool. My wife was like... This is incredible. I was like, I mean, I guess, but I'm, I, I, it didn't hit me yet. I was like, all right. And then, you know, now she just knew how happy it was going to make you. Like, yeah, look yeah. at that smile. If you're going to grab a screen grab, Mike, it's that, you know, he's talking about <laughs> acting that that big ass grin on his face. It's great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love that you also mentioned the competitiveness of being in an audition space because artists get this really floofy rap of all being inclusive and we all love each other and we all pat each other on the back all the time and tell each other how great we are and at the end of the day that's not always the case when you go into that rehearsal room it's a different atmosphere and you can be competitive yet still compassionate correct yeah like we all have this goal especially during our audition we all want to part but we go into it you don't good people are going to go into it and not be a-holes about it. And you know, they're going to support you while at the same time being like, I kind of want this for me too. 
Like, I want you to get it, but realistically, if I had to choose, if I had to choose, it's going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be real happy for you, but I'll be happier if it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to support you. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to also be resentful, just a little bit, at least in the beginning. I'm I'm like, oh, so they didn't even call me. I got an email. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a copy-pasted email at that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 copy-paste, like, and put your name in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then there's, you know, and then there's like, like the added like level of like being an actor of color, right? Like you go into a room and it's like, there's one black guy in this show and there's 60. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Oh, man. Or there's one, you know, it's one Puerto Rican in the show and, you know, there's a bunch of you sitting there waiting <laughs> to be seen. So, I mean, the odds are not in your favor. <laughs> Ironically enough, I've never been able to get cast as the Puerto Rican character. <laughs> Any audition I've gone to where there's a Puerto Rican character, I have not been able to get cast. I'm like, am I not Puerto Rican enough for you? <laughs> no, you just don't fit into their idea of what a Puerto Rican is. That's the problem. <laughs> Did we see you in Pipeline? Now, that character's written Hispanic, but are they not specific? Well, in the script, I thought it was he was, I don't think he was written. Hispanic was he really I, 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 maybe it's just because the last guy that did it because we did this stage reading maybe because he was Hispanic I, I thought he was Hispanic I mean it worked because I think Siobhan made a choice to just cast a person of color it didn't have okay okay a black or Hispanic or, or anything um yeah, yeah. and he, she just happened to choose Hispanics both time and then it with that is how she was like can you incorporate some Spanish words into it and then I just sprinkle some here and there to be like, here, I, I am, I swear, I bleed Sassoon <laughs> Are you bilingual? Uh, you know, I used to speak fluent Spanish up until I was six. And then just going into school, I just kind of got away from it. And I can understand better than I can speak it. Gotcha. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I've got some Dominican relatives, so like, the same. <laughs> like, I can understand it. Better than I can speak it, and I don't understand it that well. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I know some dirty Polish words, so. <laughs> I'm sure that comes in handy at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised how little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, around family, right? That's it's about it. It's not, not, not top, top languages spoken in the U.S., I don't think. Uh, how did you like working at Sand Lake? I liked it a lot. I, I know uh, I worked with Brian. Um, Shout out to Brian. He was on the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> I worked with him. Uh, he he directed Peter, uh, Peter and the Starcatcher. And he's a great guy to work with. He's just, he's funny. He's very uh, compassionate towards his actors. I don't know. I, I, enjoy, I just enjoyed working with him. So working at his theater was, it was nice. He's easy going. So, and then working with Siobhan, I've worked with her um, as an actor and, and we're working with her in the climb as well. And she's just easy going. So then to have her as a director, it was it was fun to see her in that take charge mode, just because she's so she's very collaborative mm-hmm. as, as an actor. And so to see that also as a director was nice because you don't get that. Well, there's a lot of directors you unfortunately you work with who it's just it's their vision or nothing. And so to have her be like, no, we're, we're, we're having conversations here. We're collaborating. We're creating this thing together. It was nice. I'd love to hear you talk about the climb because I've heard it all from. Mike's perspective, very little bit from Rag's perspective. So I'd love a, a, a different voice on it. Man, the climb, ooh, it's um, honestly one of the most intimidating projects I've ever worked on. 
I auditioned for it. I think I'm trying to remember who invited me. I think it was Megan. And I wasn't gonna, because I was like, I don't know if to go through that whole process of writing, uh, then editing, and then the rehearsal, and then filming. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. And especially about with the subject matter, I was like, I don't know if I'm the right person for it. But then we auditioned, and the audition process was insane. That <laughs> was wild. Like, I didn't, I've never had an audition like that before where you're just like, it, it was very, uh, poet like kind of a poetic audition like I was like this is lovely I wanted to do this the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is beautiful but um I was shocked to even get cast I was like um it's not gonna happen but it was great to see all the different uh, uh talent in the area I was like and then that's how I, I uh, met Michael and I was like dude I was blown away by your audition I was like that was incredible he's on another level <laughs> yeah okay, he's, he's in but yeah, and then and working on it, it, it's it's heavy. Honestly, it's the every every rehearsal, you can go in feeling refreshed, feeling excited, and then you come out of it and it's just like, damn. Yeah. There's so much. Like, how do you process all that, and then still feel okay afterwards? You know. But uh, I have to give it up to uh, uh, Michael Kennedy. She does a very good job of honing us all back in and getting us to breathe and to not be so angry when it's all over. Because <laughs> it's so easy when you hear about all the the, the racism and, and the things that uh, people of color have to go through throughout American history. It, it's, it's, it's infuriating. Yeah, I mean, I, can, I, I can't wait to see the, the, the final project that you all put together. Um, but I can only imagine, one, having to deal with that in your daily life, but then going into an artistic setting that just engages with it even more and being told to breathe afterwards and sort of that act of letting, how do you let something go, but still remain engaged with the, the material and use that in your daily life to engage with your community, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> Come on, give me the answers to life. 43. We already talked about this. 43. Isn't it 42? 42. Sorry. Added one for good measure. Added one for good measure. One thing that stuck out to me, and I want to get your opinion on it too, is, you know, it's, it's four, we're four actors of color. And then was it five or six white actors? Five. For me walking into that room like the first day and or or onto that zoom on the first day because we started on zoom and reading some of that stuff it felt like we were like telling a secret right like yeah because like, the reactions like a lot of our castmates has, have been like first of all very gracious and very you know and like, understanding but also at the beginning and it it was a lot of it was like yeah guys <laughs> you know this is happening yeah. yeah, this happens. And even if I didn't know the specifics around why these policies were racist, a lot of them are. So it's just like, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, t- uh, tell me, tell me how, how what, what was your comfort level, like walking in or being on a call with people that like, ostensibly, like we're like forming a family to tell these stories. But there's always that like division of like lived experience and then, and not, you know? Yeah. It was, I don't know, I was somewhere, 
I was comfortable. I'm comfortable having the conversation, but I felt like I, I couldn't relate on either side as much as I would have liked to. Cause I know like my wife is very much, you know, she's, she grew up, she's half black, half white, her father's black or mother's white. So she got the brunt of it from both sides. So she, she is very aware of, of the racism in this country. And she's constantly researching and, and learning more. And she tries to tell me these things and I'm like, I want to be able to relate, but I, um, I didn't have those same experiences, at least nothing that I noticed because I was often growing up thinking, oh no, there's a, an explanation. There's, it's, I was kind of naive just towards some of the attitudes or like, you know, you don't get a job, but this other person who's less qualified, who's white, got the got the job i was like oh well, maybe because there's a certain need that they needed i kind of just like ignored i was like there's no way there was racism involved i had this idea in my head that race racism was dying i was like racism is dying it doesn't uh everybody i used to for years was like people are just being sensitive and then and within these last few years i'm like i was so blind to all this that was going on and I'm trying to like catch up. So with doing the climb, sitting there, I was just absorbing. I was just listening to all of our fellow castmates on both sides. Just, I'm like, all right, let me take this all in. Cause I have been missing a lot, just being foolishly naive. And uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was not sure that I was like, I don't know if I should be here. I'm like looking at on our Zoom, like looking at Michael, she can't see that I'm looking at her. <laughs> like looking at, I'm like, I don't know why you picked me. I don't know what. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm lost, but I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> What's the point in the importance of all perspectives? And a lot of this was written by us uh, from our experiences. So yeah, it's. I think I think uh, Michael did a really good job at like gathering all these different experiences, whether it was like a super conscious thing or not, you know, because a lot of what we wrote didn't happen until after we were all cast. But so shift gears, let's shift gears a little bit because I'm interested in your future and what you, what you think that holds for you now that you're like, you're in it. It's been a few years. You're working, you're working for money now in a lot of these theaters. Um, So yeah, what's, what's, what are your goals? What do you want to let me tell you, the first time I did something where I got paid, I made sure, I told my wife, I was like, babe, I'm a paid actor. <laughs> That's right. This is uh, this is official. <laughs> this is we, not a drill. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be paparazzi and that's the light, our life is changing. I mean, you are on the AL podcast, you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, I mean, you've it's made it. Are changing. <laughs> I've made it now. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, going into the future, um, this actually this whole pandemic when it happened i ended up getting furloughed from from my job i was working at amtrak and because of, of working at Am- and amtrak was a, it was a great company it was a, it was a great job but because of it i couldn't do theater or acting as much because it was the most unpredictable schedule i've ever had i, I had no idea when i was going to work I, they, as soon as they call you you have three hours to show up i was like okay damn i'm going to work today i'm going down to niagara falls i'm gonna be there overnight so I couldn't, I couldn't schedule anything. But then when the pandemic happened and I got furloughed, I realized there was other things that I could do to, uh, you know, to take care of my family financially. I, it allowed me, and Michael doesn't 
know this, nobody in the climb knows this. I, because I got cast in the climb, I actually gave up my job at Amtrak. When they called us back, they were like, you know, we're ready to take everyone back. And I was like, um, I can't, <laughs> I'm working on something. And so in, in any case, what I would, I had the, the conversation with my wife. I didn't, you know, I try not to make any decisions, especially anything that's gonna influence or uh, impact my family without having that conversation first. So I talked to her and I was like, I think I wanna see what I what can happen with acting. I, I wanna give that a shot. And she was on board, surprisingly. She surprised the hell out of me. <laughs> I was expecting blowback and she was like, I think we'll be fine. Give it a, a, a year or two, um, see what happens. And, and not to say like in a year or two, that's, you know, that's gonna be you know, blow up or anything, but to see what other avenues there are. I, I could always go back to the railroad because they're more than happy to hire back people who know uh, function on the railroad as opposed to hiring somebody brand new. So I could always go back, but I felt like this was the opportunity I had to take to focus primarily on acting. And so now that's why like, I, I, I went for the climb. I then did pipeline and uh, servant of two masters and I just got cast in significant other servant of two masters. Who were you? Um, Silvio. Nice. Yeah. That one we're doing right now. If we have another weekend and then, and then that one wraps. Are you guys uh, focusing a lot on like commedia styles? Are you moderni- modernizing it or what's the deal? Yeah. It's a modernized version of it. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a, and that one's silly. That's that one just, that one was such a, a, a shift <laughs> and from like doing the climb and pipeline and then serving up two masters. Cause it's, it's pure silly. Oh yeah. And it's, it's interesting to hear you say how you could always go back to the railroad because, you know, theater and acting and performance is fleeting. You, you, you could never go back to the work you're doing on the climb. This is something that is happening and is going to be canonized in our culture for years to come. And if you weren't a part of it, you can't be like, oh, well, I want to go back and be a part of it. Exactly. And that was, that was the fear. I was like, I, I've always like, I enjoy doing theater. I love, love acting. Um, It's an escape. It's a, it's, but admittedly it was almost selfish. Like my approach to it was, was like, this is for me. And this year, when I got, when we got cast in the climb, it was the first time I felt like it was, it wasn't, it was something bigger. So I was like, I, I have to, I have to do the climb. I like, I didn't want to give that up. I, I, I felt very passionate about it. I, I wanted to learn. I wanted to be able to give my own experience, whatever experience I may have. I wanted to be able to offer that. Um, so it felt important to me. So I didn't, I just, I, I didn't want to give that up. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. So do you feel like going forward that that's going to be like a thing that you're actively looking for is work that's that sure you'll do your servant of two masters you'll you know what I mean but then are you off are you now looking kind of to be a little bit more conscious about the work that you're doing yeah 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 because like before I would take whatever the role was whatever was available Mm -hmm. put me on stage right exactly yeah and now it's more of a is it is it relevant is it important is there is it does it have purpose what are you using your voice for? Your voice has power. You have influence. And if you're just putting that into any generic role, well, that's, you know, that's the influence you're going to have on the world. That's how you're going to be remembered. Absolutely. Yeah. With Pipeline, I felt this, the same way. I was like, this is important. Like I got, 
<laughs> I they I got called for pipeline and serving two masters the same night. They uh, I didn't nice. I didn't know that the, the plays were gonna run like so close to each other, but <laughs> welcome to theater life. <laughs> yeah, I went and I and I auditioned for both, and I got called for both of them that night. Servant of Two Masters was the one I wanted to do for myself because it was a comedy. And I was like, that I haven't done a comedy. This will be fun. Let's let's do this. But pipeline, I was like, this, this is important. I can't, I can't turn this one down. So I was like, gonna have to suck this one up <laughs> and do the do the two together and see if freaking Michael is gonna be okay with <laughs> trying to work three different rehearsals all at the same time. God bless them. <laughs> it's part of the grind, man. You know, you you run yourself ragged and then you you take some time and you recoup and you sort of digest the work you did and and you know how it impacted your world and then you go back and do it again. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, I was talking I can't remember who I was talking to about that, but they were like you go you get into these phases where you're just like I'll never do that again. I'll never do <laughs> multiple shows at once. And then as soon as it's over, you're like, all right, let me do it again. I could do that. I could do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I survived that one. So let's let's try this again. <laughs> if you do it, you do it a lot. You know what I'm saying? I found this ended up happening is that when you're not that busy, even if you're in one show or you know, whatever, it's like you got a small part in a in a in a play, so you're not called to every rehearsal or whatever. Like when I'm not that busy. I feel like there's something wrong. <laughs> like I feel like I like I'm I'm like being lazy or like, <laughs> I always get FOMO, like the fear what am I missing out on? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like there's theater happening right now and I'm not involved. How can I fix that? I know. Oh uh, yeah, he he did he especially over over uh pandemic. He was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this like uh Zoom thing, da 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 da. And he's like, dude, what the f-? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, Zoom theater is not ideal. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I mean, and I worked on, you know, I did some fun things. I and mean, you did some fun things. You, I you definitely did, did a number think, of fun things. What did you think? Um, what did you think of it? Like being on Zoom and like trying to get some sort of the creative juices going. Like, how was that for you? It, it was necessary for the time. There you go. <laughs> like in the beginning, when we when everyone started doing that, I was like, okay, cool. This is this will do. This will do for now. It'll suffice. Yeah. And then after a year, I was like, if this doesn't end, I swear. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I need to be with people on on a stage because it's just it's just different. Like, and there's always that's always something that's welcoming, right? With a, uh, it's new challenges when you're acting. You want, you know, you want to try different things. But when you're doing Zooms over and over and over again, that same challenge of being within the one, you know, your little block, your little screen, that challenge goes away and it just becomes annoying. <laughs> like I'm, you, you almost, you almost stop becoming an actor and start becoming a videographer. Yeah, and like, yeah. how are you, how do you frame yourself in the picture? What can be seen? What angles are you playing with? And it's not a lot of options. <laughs> oh, I know. And then like the quality isn't great or like save God forbid your internet um, um, connections is, is in, going in and out. That affects how the, the audience views it. So it's like, oh, this is the worst. <laughs> it doesn't matter how great I'm doing. It, it, now I'm reliant on the technology and how well that's going to do. I feel like one of the first things you learn as an actor on stage is that it's easy to lose an audience <laughs> and it's hard to get them back. 
And you're super conscious of it in any other circumstance where you're just like, oh, something's wrong. It's like, it's like 10 times worse than dropping a line live. Because there's literally nothing you can do. You're just like, all right, maybe it'll come back. Maybe it won't. I know. It's like, how do you, how do you stay in character? Like, oh, and then you're like, you just speak. <laughs> Doing the Zoom robot. <laughs> it made me think of um I don't know if you've heard of uh Ian McKellen when he got frustrated on what was the Hobbit because he was acting only on a green screen. Yeah. And he got so mad and he like had this whole you know blow up with, with Peter Jackson. And that is, I mean, this is obviously smaller scale, but that's what it made me think of. It was like after a while, I was like, this is this is enough. I need to have in person. If I have to wear my mask, I'll wear my damn mask. Just let me be in person. <laughs> right. I, I got a double up mask. Fine. Yeah. I hate it, but I'll do it. Do it. <laughs> do it if I have to. I think we're sort of getting towards the, the, the end of our interview here. Do us a favor. Will you plug some of the things that you're working on now that are opening soon? Let us know where and when and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Uh, right now. I uh, still have one more weekend of Serving Up Two Masters. Uh, it's going to be at the uh, Shaker Heritage Society. So, like, close to the airport. It's outdoors. It's fun. It's silly. Uh, yeah, and when does that open? Because I really want to see that. That Actually, it opened last weekend, but we're oh, okay. moving into next weekend. So, we got that going on. 7, 7.30. And we have next weekend off, so. We do. Yeah. And then in November, November, uh, what was it, November 20th? November 21st for the climb. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. From so that. you're going to be all recorded and edited and put together by then? <laughs> That's the challenge. That's what we're being told. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what we're being told. I'm like, okay. Good, good luck. <laughs> but, yeah, that weekend we have the climb. Also, I'll have an... I'll be missing the premiere of the climb, but I'll be... <laughs> oh, no. I have... I Yeah, again, over... Overscape. Yep. Uh, doing this uh, significant others with creative license at the uh, was it Troy Music Hall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So got that going on. Awesome. Yeah. So excited. Cool, well, David. Thank you so much, hey, listeners. You can check out David uh, on TikTok. Uh, you just use your name, right? Yep. Yep. So yeah, check out David there. And thank you so much for sitting down with us and having a little chat. This yeah, great. it's been a blast. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. You all have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, David, for coming on the show, chatting with us, letting us know where you came from and where you plan on going. If you would like to find David on TikTok and to see how his crazy creative and frankly, uh, interesting mind works. <laughs> you can find him by heading to D-A-V-I-D-Q-U-I-N-O-N-E-S-J-R on the TikToks. And for that matter, you can find me at Alpod underscore Mike. And I believe you can find me at Alpod underscore Shane. I believe I just copied you through and through. And so that brings us to audience participation. Shane, you got audience participation for us this week? You know, I really don't, but I will now because with us being launched into these constant new forms of uh, social media and internet integration of how we all communicate, what's the next thing that you hope comes the way of the internet? 
how would you like to communicate with the masses about you and about your life and about your pictures and all that kind of jazz or what was your favorite did you really like myspace did you really like twitter or snapchat or any of the other dozen social medias linkedin i believe that's considered a social media these days so what's your favorite what do you want to see coming your way linkedin get out of here well you know where you can do that you can head to facebook.com slash active listeners pod or the twitters at act list pod and join in the conversation peace If you like what you hear leave us a rating and if you really like what you hear and you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash active listeners pod and become a patron our theme music it's a trap was created by remodel thanks for listening